0: Hey guys, welcome to our Disney market mini series here at the short-term show. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're doing a 10 episode deep dive on not only this market, but all of our markets. So definitely check those out, like, and subscribe to those, the short-term show, short-term rental management show. we got a lot of shows out there for you guys that hopefully uh, you guys are finding helpful. So uh, a couple things that I want to hit before we go into it is if you are looking for current purchase prices or current income numbers, we have those on our website at the shorttermshop.com. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you're looking to just hang out, learn some things from some other short-term rental investors, we've got you. You can join our Facebook group with us and 60,000 of our closest investor friends, where we just hang out and talk about short-term rental investing all day. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Also like, and subscribe on YouTube to the Short-Term Shop channel. Also like us on Instagram at the short-term shop. If you guys have any questions, if you're ready to maybe buy a property in one of our 20 markets and learn how to manage it from us for free, you can hit us at agents at the shortterm shop.com or literally any of the other avenues that I gave you right before that. So let's get to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Episode 10. We're going to talk about our calendars, pricing. A little bit of cash flow on uh, the short term show Orlando. Short term show Orlando. It just rolls right off your tongue, man. It's kind of fun. But uh, we got Chuck here who's uh, uh, in charge of analytics and marketing uh, properties and being a badass. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, part of the short term shop. And then uh, Holly and Wade who are agents in the Orlando market. And Luke, host of the short term rental management podcast and also um, the. Teacher of Management Monday, every Monday for the short term shop. So, um, first thing I want to do, I'm going to turn it over to Wade here on this one with uh, uh, duration of stay. Um, how long do I want to have my calendar available for? Yeah, Wait a minute, so oh, I said that wrong. Not future availability, minimum night stays.
2: Okay, okay. Um, so, our minimum night stay is we're, we're a pretty bipolar market when it comes to minimum night stay. Um, a lot of people will come in for, you know, a weekend trip, like something super short. And then we have so many people that have come and stay for two, three, four weeks. Cause you know, it's the trip of a lifetime international stays. Um, mm-hmm. like my three bed, I think my month of April is literally one and a half stays. I have people coming in for three and a half weeks in my month of April next year. Um, but I would say five to seven is probably the average. If you're just saying general stays is five to seven days. Um, But do not think that people aren't coming here for longer durations because it it can, it's really nice to have those three, four week stays here every once in a while.
1: Yours is a little on the smaller side?
2: Yeah, I've got a little three bed with a pool located over in uh, the Windsor Hills community. Um, And even as a smaller property, you know, a lot of people usually see the longer stays at the larger homes, but you know, I'm still doing just fine with the um, two, three, four week stays. Uh, Probably, I, I see that probably once a month. I'll, I'll get one long stay and then two little short short stays um, uh, every single month is about what I see.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Um, uh, Do you make changes on your calendar based on time of year or are the longer stays a little more on the sporadic side?
2: Yeah, so the longer – definitely on the sporadic side. So you'll see uh, – I, I have found – for my home, I saw a lot of longer stays over the, you know, the traditional travel schedule around school. Um, so spring break, April next year, my whole April is already booked at like peak price next year. And again, I've got long stay, um, in there, and that's consistent with several of my other owners too. Um, Summer, I'm expecting longer stays, things like that. And then when we get to off-season, you know, I get three, four, five-day stays here and there through for the entire month of October. My, I think I had seven turns in October, which is insane. And we're in it right now. Um, and I think my longest booking is five days. Yeah, let,
3: Let's remember, Orlando is an international market. We've talked about international travel coming back. It's not just Americans going out, but other people coming in. So if we look at the international schedule, Europe basically takes all of August off. Um, The average stay in the Orlando area during the uh, August time is about three to three and a half weeks. Uh, Airfare is expensive for them to come here. So they want to come here and stay as long as they can. Uh, And they get that month long vacation time. Mm.
1: Uh,
3: The rest of the year, you know, Wade's got it nailed. So.
1: Okay. Uh, weekends easier to book than weekdays, uh, obviously in any market, but uh, is that uh, relevant here? I, personally, I prefer to be there when it's a little slower. Mm-hmm. That being said, my kids do have a hard time getting off school, right? So uh, what does that look like, uh, Holly?
4: Um, you're correct. It just It's family dependent. I do get people that come during the week because the parks aren't as packed and uh, prices may be cheaper and stuff. So it's what family preference, but I, you know, that's so every day's open. I mean, every day can be booked. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: I've kind of seen yeah, that too. Not, yeah. The, the days don't, in my opinion, they are a factor, but I don't think they're as big of a factor as maybe in some other markets. So just yeah, I don't of, have
4: a calendar that just fills up on weekends. No. they
2: Yeah.
3: Fill up. Yeah.
4: And, <laughs> go ahead, i was just going to
3: say the other thing to consider here is airfare. A uh, little over two thirds of the people come to Orlando actually fly. And the weekend airfares are very expensive mm-hmm. since COVID. Um, it's not like it used to be where you could jump on Southwest and fly down for eighty-nine bucks. Um, if you haven't booked at least a month out, you're going to be paying two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars each way in a lot of cases. So, it's it's really moved the calendar all over the place, Luke.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a kind of a rookie um, fear. In any market really, but uh, especially down here in Orlando where it seems to be not as much of a deal where, oh my goodness, I can only get the weekends. I only get the weekends and uh, uh, and should I charge more for the weekends? Should I only make four night minimum on the weekends? Uh, the answer to all of those questions is yes or no. I mean, it, the only time you have a problem is when your calendar's not full, yeah. right? For the next 30 to 40 days.
2: For, I go off season, actually, for a minimum night stay. So high, high months here, you know, uh, summer months, spring break, um, anytime that there's uh, any major holidays, I'll extend my minimum night stay during those months. And then in the off season, you know, September and January are some of our slowest months here. I'll go as low. I have a three bed, so do this for your size home, but I'll go as low as a two night stay, um in some situations during those off seasons uh because people are staying for a shorter amount of time occasionally in the in those uh smaller homes
1: um speaking of seasonality let's talk about that because um my kids want to go to disney all the time right uh i would prefer to go to disney when it's empty uh but uh what what is a a a calendar year look like Uh, chuck i'll start with you there um, as far as tourism is concerned in this market, uh, are there other are there times that to thrive more than others? Um,
3: yeah, it's easier to work backwards from the times that don't thrive. Um, we're talking about uh, mid to late September, uh, May, with the exception of around, of course, Memorial Day. Um, January and February are usually surprisingly busy. Now, you got to give Disney credit; they are really good at marketing and filling in these spaces. And pre-COVID. September and May could have been as busy as anyone else, but with the, we still have a dip in international travel. Um, and those were the people they were using to fill in. You used to see the big tour groups, 40, 50 people walking around, a guy leading them, holding a the flag. Uh, they were great at marketing and bringing those people in, and they're not able to do that right now. So there's a great times for to visit. Not so great for hosts, but you're still going to fill your calendar, or you should. Really busy times. Holidays, typical June, July, spring break. And you've got to look at what events Disney has going on. Um, When we say holidays, most people are thinking within a week or two of Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving. But that's not the way it works at Disney. You know, their Christmas, in fact, their Christmas parties start uh, the first week in November. November, yep. (laughs) Uh, They used to call it Mickey's, uh, uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on it right now, excuse me. But it, it starts as soon as the Halloween party ends. Um, and this year, they've even extended the Halloween party from the Magic Kingdom out to Epcot. These are huge draws for people. Huge. And while we're talking about Disney, we can't ignore uh, Universal either. Um, okay. Their their Carnival time, uh, you know, Mardi Gras time has become a really big draw, uh, as big as the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot, which used to be one of the number one things in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and their Halloween Horror Nights are legendary. Um, so you, you bring the small kids to go to Disney for Halloween, your teens, tweens, and the older pe- older folks go over to Universal. It's a very busy time starting right around Labor Day.
1: Well, I know you guys aren't travel agents, but I am going to uh, Disney with the kids in uh, mid-November. Uh, any any uh, idea what I should be on the lookout for for Christmas? I'm a Christmas nut. So is there uh, uh, anything that I should keep in mind? Or is it all Christmas?
2: A lot of it's Christmas. <laughs> Thanksgiving, some of the fun things that you can do is I try and get away from some of the uh, Disney stuff every once in a while. We have a lot of light festivals here um, here in Orlando. One of the ones is if anyone's ever seen Tangled, you know, like the lantern festivals where they launch lanterns and stuff, we have like three of those in the next two months. I'm actually going to one, um, that are a lot of fun. And I actually advertise those to my guests. I'll say, Hey, if you're interested in going to a fun festival or something that's cool in the local area, um, you can drive over to these amazing parks or waterfront areas. And they do these, uh, lantern festivals. Um, that kind of stuff is a lot of fun for me.
1: Okay. I love it. I'm, uh, I'm going to look deep into that, uh, because you guys just got me excited. I love Christmas. And I didn't think about the fact that, uh, Christmas might already be rocking, uh, when I oh, get yeah, there. And, sure. uh, I mean, there's,
4: you can have Christmas with, you can have meals with, uh, Santa at SeaWorld and the dolphins or sharks, even maybe, um, you can have it with Mickey Santa at, at, uh, Disney. So yeah, there's, but you can pay extra for those special events of it's and I very, think I have friends very, here that are going, it's a, the parents, a second grader and a three-year-old, and it's like $900 for three hours. Holy smokes. For Christmas night. Yep.
1: All right, Chuck, I want to turn it over to you. Can you talk to me in general about uh, the difference in occupancy of a larger property versus a smaller property? Give me just kind of a overview.
3: Well, during the peak times of year, uh, June, July, first week or so of August Christmas time, the bigger properties are likely going to fill up faster and at a higher price because families tend to come together. Just It's not that different from the Smokies, just theme parks instead of mountains. Um, they'll tend to meet from all over. They'll book their travel well in advance. You'll probably book those dates six to nine months ahead of time. Um, when you get into the shoulder seasons, because really there are almost, almost is no off season, your smaller properties are going to book. Uh, in advance, too, because people want that time to themselves, uh, especially the families that have preschool kids. Um, you know, they're not beholden to a school calendar. So they're going to book Wade's three bedroom, for example.
2: <laughs> um, and I have and they're that. Gonna love it. I have that all the time. That's why I have kids
3: stuff inside my home. Yeah. Yeah. Occupancy across the board is going to be pretty good. Yeah. One of the things that uh, is great about the bigger homes and there are an awful lot of eight, nine, 10, 12 bedroom homes available in the Orlando area is uh, people want to get away from those hotels. They really don't want to stay in a hotel, sharing a pool with the other 3000 people in the Pop Century Resort. Um, you know, they want to be able to do what they want when they want when they want to do it. Um, the downside of some of that is uh, um, it's going it, to it is going to book well, well ahead of time. You got to be ready for it. Um, and you might run into that. Yeah, well, let me just drop it right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no worries. Uh,
4: so well, those average- larger properties too. You have kitchens, so you don't have to spend all that money. Can you imagine all those people, all that food, yeah. twelve dollar bottle of water?
3: <laughs> yeah, that and that's where I'm going. And you know, you're only the only competition you have there for the most part is Disney's timeshare resorts. Um, but those are going to be filled up a year ahead of time. Uh, when you when you're a Disney timeshare, you can book as much as uh, uh, eleven months and one day in advance. And I'll tell you, for those peak times. If you wait, if you wait till it's like 10 and a half months out, forget it. They're gone. You can't get them. So yeah. that's, that's fair, where the uh, short terms come in.
1: Timeshare is for people with no uh, financial education. I mean, really, in a lot of ways, I I do not want to say this, but I'm going to say it. This is kind of similar to timeshare with these short term vacation houses. But instead of giving dumping your money to the timeshare, you're dumping it on a down payment that goes back into your equity and your net worth, and you can use it whenever you want. And the guests are paying down your your, your loan over the course of 30 years, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I will say also uh, along those lines, <clears throat> go- you can Google. It's going to be really easy. You can do this in a lot of markets, but it's really easy in this market. Um, You can Google timeshare seasonality or timeshare popularity or timeshare by month. And you're going to be able to get, you know, different timeshare organizations in the area because there's tons of them. And basically a calendar that's showing here's when our timeshares are more expensive than this month, this month, this price, this month is that price, you know, so it's a decent way to... I do that a lot of times when I'm entering a new market and I'm trying to figure out what the occupancy is going to be or the, or, or the, or the seasonality and or the seasonality, because those timeshare charts like a Branson is going to have a lot of those. Um, Pigeon 4 is going to have some, but there are going to be tons of, of timeshare options in Orlando. And you can really study those charts and say, well, obviously, these timeshares have no stock in these dates on the calendar year. So. Uh, my prices are going to be lower in that period of time, most likely. And, uh, my occupancy rate is going to be lower in those periods of times, most likely. And what can I do in those periods of time, periods of time to be better than these damn timeshares? <clears throat> because there are quite a few of them in the Orlando market. Um, big enough, uh, we already mentioned this a little bit, but I do want to dive deeper average lead time, uh, for the market. It seems like, um, and Chuck, I'll go back to you on this one, uh, it seems like it's a little more sporadic. I could be wrong there than than your average just vacation town because uh, there are so many different reasons and um, that some folks might be coming to the area. So, uh, any idea or again, can you give me a speech in general on uh, how far in advance I want my calendar to be, you know, filled up as a host? Uh, you want
3: to try to have your calendar filled about two to three months ahead of time, and it should be fairly easy to do that. And I'm not talking about 100%, but, you know, maybe 75 to 80, unless you've got a huge home. Um, if you, you've you got a three bedroom, for example, and no offense there, Wade. <laughs> um, you know, you've got a couple of two, three day gaps. They're going to fill in. So don't worry about them. But you you want to be at that 70, 75, 80% mark uh, a couple of months out. That's when people have to yeah. plan the Disney trips. If you want to do the, if you want to, or Universal, you want to do the special events you need tickets for the Halloween, you know, shows, or you want to be there when a new ride is opening up. Any of those kind of things, man, you got to plan that in advance. And, yeah. and Disney is still doing the reservations for the parks.
1: Yeah, so and you can't just show if up. I'm, if I'm taking my kids, a lot of times it's hard to. Which i obviously I'm, I'm doing that. uh, a L- lot of stuff sells out like way in advance. You got to book the park way in advance, uh, right, Wade? Like, I can't just go to Disney in certain X- XYZ park and get tickets any time of the year. Um, and-, and that's going to be reflected in the booking of the property as well, I would assume.
2: Yeah. So that, um, and then just even renting vehicles and stuff like that, um, having something, where you're booked out helps. Um, I will say with me this last year, specifically this last quarter, I was booking out like a week in advance. And I, I purposely, like I had to keep my prices high some, um, some months, uh, where i'd still get books but man there's a little heart palpitation i was fluttering there for a second on whether or not i get booked at the last minute um and then it came through but i'm finding man i like my calendar i'm open a whole year which i know you don't really love or was it julie that doesn't really love that um but i have my calendar out a whole year and i'm already getting summer bookings at peak prices way higher than I had last year. And I'm finding that I'm I'm loving the fact that I'm already booking next year. Um, because people from overseas are planning these long stays, again, they're having to book out really far in advance. And it just kind of keeps my stress level down.
1: Yeah. And I dare I say I, I'm a I'm a usually about a year in advance as well. But I think in this market, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to maybe even do two years. Verbo has uh I think it's you have uh, that yeah, I think Verbo has six, nine, twelve, three, six, nine, twelve, and twenty-four months in the future. You know, just just one of the several ways you can rent your house, of course, with Verbo. But I think if you know, I I would not be afraid to even work that into my marketing plan for a property. Say, hey, man, I'm going to be the guy that takes stuff super far in advance. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to my calendar super far in advance. I'm gonna. I'm going to really work price labs and get in there and create seasons and create percentages up and percentages down based on type of uh, times of the year, uh, that, uh, you know, are going to be more desirable or not. Um, I think, I think that that would be my thing, right? I would give it a try. At least Being I do a 24 it. month calendar guy. You, yeah. So,
2: go ahead. so we already have Facebook groups even. So one of the great things that I love about our, um, ability to have Facebook groups is there's like the, the Disney parents that do a lot of um of the Facebook groups. Windsor Hills, for example, has two direct booking Facebook group channels where owners can communicate with guests and they just do direct bookings. And they have like 12 to, to 18,000 people on each group. Um, so that's people that you can do direct bookings through. And there are people who are already requesting stays for 2025 i've seen multiple in the last several weeks that are already requesting 2025 stays um just on your pricing calendar be sure your your price labs i've found out that mine drops off after 11 and a half months where it'll just default to my base price and it just says 229 for the entire rest of the year for two years running um so i still have to to, to modify my because there's no data Beyond that point, I still have to modify my peak times of the year. Otherwise, it prices my Christmas for like $229, where this year I'm booked for $550 a night on my little three bed um, for the week before and week after, all the way into New Year's and the 3rd of January. So you have to be a little careful with that if you do go all the way out to a year or two. Just make sure you're still at least doing a little price adjustments around holidays and peak weekends, things like that.
3: Like we say in any market, Luke, you got to know your market. You know, we're, we're talking mostly about the, the, the theme parks, but they're not the only draw. Right. <laughs> um, right. You know, we, we've got a, a MLS soccer. Um, uh, we, we have like, five colleges within uh, 25 minutes. Yes. Uh, Disney World. Um, you've got the new medical campus down there around Lake Nona, which is only uh, about 20 minutes south of Disney World, just for comparison purposes um we've mentioned of course the other theme parks uh, sea world and universal but let's not forget Legoland's Legoland sitting down there that has virtually no motels around it <laughs> yeah i mean you know they've they've got a few houses of their own they run out and they have their own they have two small hotels on property but Legoland is spending a lot of money so
1: hey chuck can you give me a brief overview let's say i'm brand new um, i'm just stumbling on this podcast for the first time uh talk to me about man- uh, pricing managers and pricing softwares and what what do they do and and, and can you just kind of give me an overview there
3: yeah <clears throat> pardon me in short pricing software companies uh a- analytics companies what they are they scrape or receive data from the market from booking.com from airbnb uh, verba wherever they can get information even some of the large property managers share their data so they can find out when things are being booked, how much they're being booked for, length of stay, all the information around bookings. And they analyze that based on the total market size. So they can see how fast an area is booking. And that is also typically an indicator of something that's going on if it books fast. Conversely, if it books very slow, then that means rates should be a little bit lower. These the Based on the profile of your property that you put in it, they will make a best guess how you should price your property compared to all this data they're getting from these different places. So they'll help you instead of just saying I'm going to price at two twenty five a night. They'll come back and say, Hey, on these nights, you really should be pricing out at three ninety five because the area the area occupancy is already at eighty percent or some such number. Um, these are things you, as an individual owner, you can't possibly keep track of. Unless you're in a very, very small market. And they do so all that how, work for you.
1: Yeah. How does that work? I just sign up for this website and uh and what? Connect it to Airbnb and 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 does it do everything for me, or do I have to uh do I have to do stuff? Well, let's
3: let's use price labs as an example. And they're all very similar. Um there are about a dozen or so of these out there now. Uh, when you sign up for it, you have an option of connecting it to your Usually to your property management software, or you can connect it direct to your Airbnb and Verbo listings. Um, some of them even will deal directly with Booking.com. If you're using property management software, that's that's where you should send it. So you, you sign up for Price Labs. Price Labs goes, okay. I look at your listing. I'm looking at the dates. I'm seeing what's going on in the area, and here's what we recommend for your pricing. And it puts it into your property management software. Your Property management software then goes out and updates Airbnb and Verbo and wherever else you might be listed, uh, based on the rules that you've initially set up when you created your accounts. Um, that's that's overly simplistic, but
1: um, yeah, it's exactly what I'm looking for. In other words, you're not on your own, uh, right? You, you know, it's just very overwhelming. Back in the day, we were when we first started in the biz, uh, Chuck and I, of course, and uh, and many other folks uh you had to put in 365 dollar figures on a calendar and then you had to go do it on another calendar and another calendar um and uh it's been five four five six years now um that uh there are softwares that will not do it for you but they will help and of course short-term shop has tons of videos on that uh, topic uh short-term shop youtube we'd love to have you subscribe over there and also price labs they, they seem to be the most popular um and it is the one that we uh, almost everybody in-house here uses as well you know, no affiliation whatsoever but uh, uh they have a an extensive uh youtube channel uh as well so just play around on there, there it does other, other features has other features as well as you can also kind of check to see what your how your market's doing you know what are other houses in your market doing and um and of course the enemy method to me pricing still to this day um, is all about the enemy method. I go on and I was talking to Chuck about this yesterday. I said, "Dude, I've got some dates on this house that I can't book and I can't figure it out." So we went and did some enemy methoding and tried to come up with a, you know, uh, uh, an answer to to how to get that calendar filled. And it's not bad. That, that particular house is it's doing okay, but it's just I, it was a little unexpected. And it's probably my fault. wasn't paying enough attention. wasn't moving my prices around enough. And Pricing is the most important part if you're uh, if you're getting into short term for the first time. Pricing is, in my opinion, the most important part of the gig. That being said, it, it's not a race to the bottom. You know, there are a lot of other things you should be doing on your listing before you just go straight for the, you know, lower my price. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going straight for the lower my price, then there's a lot of things where you're leaving money on the table with your headline. And just little stuff on your listing, even like your headline could be better. Your pictures could be better. Your description could be better or your house itself could be better, right? There's a bunch of different uh, things that you should be attacking and really be obsessing over before going for that low hanging fruit of just lowering the price. Because guess what? There is a dollar figure that somebody will rent any- anything. I mean, you could put a damn box, uh, cardboard, whatever, uh, cot in the back of your brother's uh, Ford Ranger um, on, on, on some of these OTAs and they will rent for the right price. Uh, and the right amenities yet yeah, that cot better have a damn, you know, a really nice, uh, espresso machine or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, and there are some hosts out there that that's their thing. I've seen some listings that it's like, wow, this host is terrible, but they are jam packed. There's actually been one floating around just on some Facebook groups recently where it was like, everybody was posting, here's exactly what not to do. And I, I dug deep on that listing and I'm like, wow. This is pretty much the worst listing I've ever seen. They did everything wrong, and guess what? They were jam packed because it was actually a pretty decent sized house that was probably worth a pretty decent amount of money, but they were charging next to nothing because they probably have had it for fifteen years and got it for next to nothing. And at least compared to today's prices, right? That's the that's the beauty of real estate. You buy real estate and wait, you know, and eventually it's going to be worth more than what you paid, unless you let it really go to shit. Uh, pardon my language um and her house wasn't really you know going to crap but she was certainly not doing any work or optimizing and she was just letting the prices do the talking for her and guess what her calendar was slammed so there's a lot of different ways you can do this um there's no right or wrong answer um but uh I like to offer a nice house uh and in return I do expect a pretty good premium on my on my rents but can't get it all the time you know to me again the only mistake is an empty calendar on dates when it should be filled you know yeah. um well that's it for me let's uh chuck you want to say something on the way out yeah just to just touch on what you said
3: um you know we, we we are in a lot of markets that are cyclical and you can reasonably watch your calendar and your pricing if you have some knowledge of your market but orlando is one of those that i feel like you absolutely have to use dynamic pricing software there are a lot of moving pieces in that in that area um and you're gonna be leaving money on the table if you don't. You know, that that little bit you spend on it,
1: it's gonna pay for itself
3: in spades, so.
1: All right, wonderful. Well, I appreciate you guys. Again, way more information on the pricing subject and all subjects on our YouTube channel, Short Term Shop YouTube, theshorttermshop.com. We would love to earn your trust on a purchase. So again, what we do is we sell houses. We've got a team of amazing real estate agents like Holly and Wade that specialize in this. And it doesn't cost you a penny more than any other real estate agent out there. So uh, we just like to give, 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 and and hopefully you uh, find some value in what we're providing. And uh, we would love to be working your next deal for you. So hit us at theshorttermshop.com and stay tuned for more episodes from Orlando on The Short Term Show.